You're listening to episode 196 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Oh, sorry. I'm checking our emails right now. Huh. What do you see? We got an invitation hammer? here. <laughs> to what? It says we got an invitation to join the Kree and Scroll Empire. They say uh, that they want the Comics Pals Empire to join forces with them. Wow. What an offer. Wow. That's amazing. What do you guys think of that? Um, Do we get a cool helmet? I guess so, right? What about a hammer? No, I don't want a hammer. Uh, no, I'll take a hammer. I, I don't want a do hammer. It. I'd hammer in the morning. <laughs> 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 hammer? I hardly know her. <laughs> well, stop. Hammer time. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys feel like bowing the knee down to Hulkling, though? Oh, that twunk? Absolutely. <laughs> That what? Twunk. What is it's that? A, it's a word I learned when I read the uh, the Emperor Hulkling um uh tie in or whatever. Yep. It's a hunk that's a twink. Yep. There you go. All right. I'm still you learn not something new every day. I'm still not completely sure what a twink is. <laughs> but I do know what, what a twunk like the, is. Like the snack food? A twink. A no, twink. that's a Twix. Nope. No. No, a Twinkie, but okay. <laughs> so you should go to Google, turn on your safe search. <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not advising that you search for porn. <laughs> and uh, type in Twink and you will be educated. There you go. And then you will understand why me. Marco was that. Now. <laughs> I was going to oh, make the same shit. joke. <laughs> Oh, we're definitely joining the Empire now, baby. <laughs> we're all getting replaced all right. by scrolls. It says a small finger-shaped sponge cake with white synthetic cream filling. That does sound like Marco. No, no, no. no. That's a Twinkie again, PD. I'm just saying, I googled Twink, and that's the definition that came up. I'm just saying. Oh. Huh. Marco's filled with white cream. Small. Oh. <laughs> small and finger-shaped. <laughs> If there's anything I know about Marco, it's that he's small and finger-shaped. And full of white cream. <laughs> what is this he's, show about? He's not here this week. I'm presuming it's because reading Onslaught killed him. <laughs> the dream is dead. I just, I'm just, like, imagining, like, like Mariana comes home from, like, work or something, and she just finds Marco dead on the floor with Onslaught on his face, you know? She opens up the page he left up on, and it just says the dream is dead. Yeah, he liked that part, though, remember? That was in, like, the first issue or some shit. He did say that, yeah. I might have to mess around and borrow those comics from him when he's done, man. <laughs> Sean's like, hold on a second. <laughs> oh, for myself. That, that'd be such a long con where Marco's, like, pretending it's good the entire time, and Sean's like, wait a second. And then Marco's, Sean's the one who actually dies. Marco's the, he's just the kind of asshole to pull that off, though. <laughs> you guys need to have a one-on-one -on -one book club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, big week. Comic-Con is at your home. That Not officially, my home. Yeah. Yes, your home. Shit, I gotta clean up. <laughs> I feel like you made that joke a couple times. Uh, Still worked. You're right. 
<laughs> and you know, we we've got we've got some news. We've got some news coming out of that. Uh, we're gonna be talking a lot about that a little bit later. Um, New Mutants news. New Mutants news. I wonder what the over under would have been on whether or not that movie was actually going to be dropped on VOD that very day, this past Thursday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think that that was what they were planning and they, like, pivoted? No. Just I wonder what the betting odds on that would have been, you know? Uh, Yeah, that was a big rumor that they were going to do that. Yeah, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. Sean, is that something you would have bet on? No. That it would have dropped on VOD? No. Got money to gamble? Come on. <laughs> well, I'm not a, a betting man. Comic book podcast. You think I got money? <laughs> it, it, but even if I were a betting man, I wouldn't have bet on that. I just didn't think that that's yeah. what they were gonna do. Wait all this time just to drop it on VOD. But um, I feel like they probably should at this point. But <laughs> well, maybe shit or get off the pot already. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, but we're also gonna talk about New Mutants more a little later. Uh, I wish this damn movie would just come out already. So we can move on. But the sequel's gonna come out at the same time. <laughs> it's gonna be like the fucking Snyder cut. It's just gonna plague us for the rest of our lives. That's the thing. I like I kinda hope that's what it is. Like I almost don't want it to come out now, so it's just like this mythical thing we're constantly like <laughs> Oh, is it gonna come out this year? <laughs> there never was a New Mutants movie. They're, they ne- never existed. They shot like a proof of concept trailer, and that was the that's the whole thing. It's that somehow going to end up being. It's gonna somehow end up being the real season f- series finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Here, before we get really into high gear, we are of course the Comics Pals, and you can find us on all social media platforms at the Comics Pals. You can write to us at the Comics Pals at gmail.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, then that means you can see our glorious faces, including my quarantine beard, which really does need to go away soon. Uh I think you just lean into it, dude. It looks good. Nah man, I can't, I can't. It's just unruly. It's unruly. And especially now that we all have to wear masks outside, you cannot oh, imagine how the itch, the oh, itch, oh yeah, the I went sweat. out yesterday. Oh, it's driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah, dude. And and dude, well, you have a nice, go- you have a nice beard, um, but it's not like really full like mine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. this yeah, mine gets me right under. Yeah, this is brutal. I think uh, Kale can probably relate to me where, like, the combination of the beard scraggle, but then also your glasses getting fogged up, it's just, like, it's such a nightmare. It's like, I feel feel like I just immediately walk outside and I'm, like, incapacitated. It's like, I can't see for shit. (laughs) It's almost worth the COVID. (laughs) I I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. The quarantine, then. while While you're on YouTube... You can leave us a like, drop us a comment, share this video with your friends, and subscribe to our channel. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. This Tuesday, we are dropping our book club for Earth X. Earth X. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That was a fun one. 
Hopefully you guys enjoy it. That was a listener request that came from Spring Hill Rick over on the Discord server, which you can join at any time. There will be a link to the descri- in the description to that, and you can make your requests for future book clubs. We will absolutely do them. Uh, we have a backlog of requests that we are running through right now, so add it's your second to the listener pile. request of the year too. Yeah, yeah. If you want your book to be read in 2021. Uh, shoot your request over our way on our Discord server and we will get right on that in 2021. So, I wanted to talk to you guys about a little movie called The Dark Knight. Okay. Now, obviously The Dark Knight's been out for a really long time. It's it's actually been uh, 12 years. Since that movie came out, if you can believe Good that. Good lord. Yeah. And I recently read an article. And I, it, it was hardly an article just because of how sparse it was. On <laughs> Bleeding Cool. About oh, how... <laughs> about how The Dark Knight is a bad movie. That it doesn't hold up. Okay. Oh, it's a hot take article. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have enough of those. From Bleeding Cool? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they got to do something between Rich Johnson reports. <laughs> well, uh, and the article is labeled Unpopular Opinion. The Dark Knight is not very good anymore. That's um, not how quality works, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read just a, just a little excerpt from this. The Dark Knight really is a mess if you think about it. In subsequent, well, maybe I should think about it. <laughs> oh, hang on, let me think about it. Oh shit, he's right. <laughs> In subsequent viewings over the years, it hasn't held up as much to the point where the last time I watched it, I couldn't even finish it. What was happening? Why had this film that ninety nine percent of you hold so dear lost all of its previous luster? And then it dawned on me: taking Ledger's brilliant turn as the Joker away from the film, it is pretty terrible. Oh, that's nothing. That literally means nothing. If you cut out the main antagonist of the film, no, not a very good movie. No, no, yeah, no, Pete. That that's a good point. If you take out like fifty percent of the movie, it doesn't make sense anymore. Hold on, hey Phil, think about it for just a second. (laughs) I'm just saying, what if you think about it though? Yeah, yeah. Think about it. What if you put your bias aside? Put your bias aside and just acknowledge that my opinion is correct because I said think about it. <laughs> Nailed it. But Pete, think really, for yourself, hey, sheeple. It's not a good it. movie. Wake up, sheeple. You guys want a little more from this? Yeah, give I me really more. Do. Let's no. I'll razz this motherfucker all punish, day. Let's go. <laughs> punish Kale. Punish him. We're already talking about the Dark Knight, so we are. <laughs> so he says. But the story is laughable, right? Not as bad as the, the second nope. half of Dark Knight Rise is bad, but that sonar device plot line, the not great Harvey Dent events that led to him becoming Two-Face, I don't know. Dent is especially bad. We needed to believe in Harvey Dent, as the advertising for the film asked us, and even on the first viewing, I didn't. I've also grown to dislike a lot of what Christian Bale does as Bruce Wayne, Batman over the years. It all just grates on me after a while. That voice, those dumb looking, those, that voice, 
those dumb, weird-looking faces he makes. That's what it says. I'll give him. You know what? I'll give him that one. Christian Bale has a weird-looking face. So I figured out the problem that this guy has with the movie. I figured it out. Oh, okay. He just doesn't like it, and he wants everyone else to not like it too. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. So, this kind of prompted me to want to ask you guys. First, first question: When was the last time you saw The Dark Knight? It was for me probably like 2015 or 16. Hmm. So it was about five, four or five years ago. Yeah, that's probably the same for me. Around that time. Yep. I saw it two years ago in theaters, actually. Oh, cool! Oh, I guess it was the 10-year anniversary. Yes. Yeah. They. Oh, yeah, yeah. They reran it, and I went and watched it, and I had a ball, actually. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, it's almost like it's a good movie or something. Great theatrical experience for a film. Yes, I've probably seen that movie in theaters six times. Something. Like I that. um. I also saw that movie like maybe four times in its original run, which is something I don't really do with movies yeah. anymore. But back then, I would go see it multiple times. So, on your last viewing, did you all enjoy it? No. Yeah. Oh really? I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you why. It had nothing to do with the film. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> I was on. I was on a bus headed to from Texas to Atlanta, and it was one of these buses where, uh, I, I think it was a church trip, where they play a movie at full volume, and if you don't want to watch it, you could just do something else. But the movie is blaring at you over the loudspeakers, just as yeah. loud as it can fucking be. That's a and loud that's movie pretty, too. It's a loud movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of screaming and like the music is super like. Whoa. So I don't, you know? I don't have a taste for it really anymore. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> um, you know, I went when I was rewatching it at, at that time. I kind of soured on Christopher Nolan, uh, because mm. I, I a lot of his a lot of this dialogue in his movies are. A lot of his movies are written by his brother, uh, uh, Jonathan Nolan. And it really, yeah. His dialogue really grates me. And so, and I had rewatched Batman Begins not too long before that. And I was like, the dialogue in this movie is killing me. So I really thought I wasn't going to enjoy it. And I, I was really going to think, I was really thinking it was, it was not going to age well. And goddamn, that movie, spectacular. That opening scene alone is tremendous. It yeah. holds up uh, in every way. So. That was that was my <clears throat> my feeling what rewatching it as well. Um and you know, like I went in being like Yeah, like I remember this as being like an all time great movie, you know, and it's a thing that you know where the beats are happening and I feel like it's one of those movies that I know so well because I've seen it a lot that when you start watching it you're like, Oh right, this happens next and then this happens and like I'm waiting for it to play out beat by beat, but it's still good because it's it's just well executed, you know? <clears throat> And I think, um, again, like, I want to bring this up just to, like, dunk on this dude again. You can't say, what if, we, oh, Heath Ledger's Joker performance aside, it's like, oh, so the main character besides Batman? I, yeah. I would say in some ways Joker is kind of, he's, like, equal footing as Batman in terms of, like, Yeah, absolutely. like, that's the movie. That's the fucking movie, man. <laughs> yeah. If you took out the primary antagonist. <laughs> 
This movie would be shit. <laughs> I'm what very smart. <laughs> I also think that there are just there are a lot of criticisms about like that generation of Batman films, that trilogy that a lot of people just broad brush over over them. You know, it's like, okay, so, you know, your argument is they're, they're really anti-Batman movies about how if Batman was in the real world, it wouldn't, it wouldn't actually work. It's like, okay, well, I mean, fine, but they're still good movies. Yeah, it's like, so? That doesn't, that doesn't make them bad. Right. Yeah, it's funny, like, it's funny that you bring this up, Sean, because last night I was talking about it with, uh, with my friend Mike, um, unconnected to anything else, uh, and we were talking about how, uh, it's really easy for a movie that's grimdark to like kind of overuse like to like lean too far into that and kind of get like eye rolly. And we brought up the Dark Knight as like the prime example of a movie that like makes really good use of like a a grounded kind of grim dark palette. Um, but it knows it's a palette and it doesn't overly lean into it. And I think there are a lot of, like, revisionist history about what those movies are like because people haven't watched them in a while where it's like, oh, they're so dark and they're they're too gritty. And it's like, there's, like, a decent amount of comic relief in that movie. Um, like, the fucking scene where Heath Ledger blows up the hospital and, like, they have that candid thing of him being like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's really funny. That is a really funny moment, you know? I, I, think, I think people have a hard time. I think people are... Bad at criticizing movies, if that makes sense. Art in general, yeah. So, I agree. <laughs> so like, it's okay not to like a movie. That's totally fine. And so, oftentimes when people criticize a movie, I, I think about how I watched Eyes Wide Shut recently with a group of people, and the criticism was coming on how it made people feel, which is something I remember with the movie Joker. People were criticizing how it made them feel. And that's fine. How it makes you feel can impact whether or not you like a movie. That's totally makes sense to me. But when it, your primary criticism is feeling versus when you're criticizing a script or its dialogue or its direction or its music or anything like that, those are things that you're actually criticizing the quality of the film on. Whereas what this article is doing again he's just saying he doesn't like it and it's fine but the problem is when you don't like something you're trying to convince everyone it's actually bad because you don't like it yeah and like that there's honestly no opinion that i find less interesting or more infuriating when you're like trying to have a discourse about art when that's the stance that someone takes i don't like this so it's bad it's not an opinion that's like you're just an asshole like there's a there's a fucking huge difference between this isn't for me and this has no merit how dare you that's 90 percent <laughs> of my opinions on this podcast and i will not sit here and be slandered <laughs> we've he, done 200 episodes together what else have i done to you <laughs> oh you've wronged him in more ways than just that pete wait till the christmas episode when he gets the era's grievances <laughs> Sometimes I like to just uh, throw some meat out there and let my dogs off the leash. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Let my dogs bark. Turns out Sean. Some, sometimes, Sean, people just need a little push. <laughs> some, some men just like to watch the world burn. 
That's a segment. That was terrible. Go. What the? Who the <laughs> fuck was that? What, what kind of Michael Caine is that? Michael Caine's back. You've been on the show Mas- like a hundred episodes. Master Bruce, some men just want to watch the world burn. That's better. Uh, Michael, why do you, uh, why do we fall? <sighs> so we can get back up again. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> I don't Whoa. know why the per. If you're watching on YouTube, I pursed my lips and it helped. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Michael King. <laughs> Michael King. <laughs> What's the point of doing all them bloody push-ups if you can't lift a single log, Master Bruce? <laughs> I failed you, Master Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, cool. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. I'm going to be rewatching The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises very soon. I actually just um, pulled out the DVDs the other night, so nice. I'll be... Uh, oh, are those the ones I sent you where I dubbed over the Michael Caine? <laughs> no, those got burnt in the pile of money. <laughs> they, I threw them in there as well. My dogs are hungry! <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes in a movie. <laughs> oh my god the joker threatens to cut that guy up and feed him to his dogs i love that his dogs that's, are hungry yeah he, he did say it that's true dude oh. and also one one last thing uh I, I wanted to say before we move on about the dark knight i think i i think that there are a lot of things in the dark knight that don't make sense there's a lot of scenes and things that if you really think about them, it's like, wait, how's it possible? The uh, Batman driving the tumbler onto the parking lot. He came from nowhere. Uh, Batman just standing around in the, in the dining scene where the Joker is interrogating Rachel and Batman just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, how did no one see him there? Um, He's Batman. How many, how many cops... Or how many people did Harvey Dent actually kill? Jim Gordon's number is obviously wrong. Like, there's a lot of... (laughs) There are a lot of things like that in the movie. But one thing that I learned from the movie is that... If you... Not absolutely everything has to line up absolutely perfectly for you to enjoy something. And I think The Dark Knight works really well in spite of a lot of that stuff that you could a lot of that stuff yeah there is there is absolutely a lot of that stuff what always bothered me about the conversation about rises is that people point out those same kinds of things in that movie but they don't for the dark knight and for me both of them have an equal amount of things that just don't make sense but i overlook them because Everything works together so well. I don't care where the tumbler came from because that shit was crazy that he just drove it onto the parking lot like that. Yeah. Um, I don't care how Batman got to be standing in the middle of the dining hall because it was insane that he was there and just started beating everybody up. When something is good, it's just good. And uh, The Dark Knight is just good. Sean, it yep. sounds like you know where this movie got its scars, but you just don't care. Sounds like you're right. Bill, do you want to see a magic trick? I do. We'll put a smile on my face. 
Well, it'll put something somewhere in your face. Oh, all right. Speaking of, <laughs> you know what? I didn't like that at all. Let's make a pen disappear. Let's do let's do some pals pulls, and let's start off with Kale, who's actually calling out a new number one from the Dawn of X titles. X Factor. Uh, this is the new one from uh, Leah Williams and David Baldion. I think is his name mm-hmm. on the art. Um, they were uh, the team on Gwenpool. Um, I'm really excited to see what they what they're cooking up. I I like Leah Williams' voice. Um, I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. I think it's weirdly gonna fit into this um, uh, Krakoa malarkey. Who's on the uh, Who's on the roster of this X Factor, Kale? You know, this is the this is the one with uh, iBoy. Uh, That's my favorite Apple bi- product. Binary. <laughs> the do um. No. Okay. iBoy's the only one. You're I killing remember. it. You're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> bin- bi- binary. No, that's not right. You're struggling. <laughs> I can't think of this guy's name. He was in Young Avengers. I remember that. I like that Sean's just letting you dangle. Yeah, he- <laughs> it's funny. I'm into it. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, should be fun. I agree. Could be good. Um, I chose Black Magic number twelve. This. I was so excited to see that this book was actually being solicited because Black Magic fell off the face of the earth, I feel like, uh, for the longest. I haven't seen anything about it. This is Greg Rucka and uh, Nicholas Scott. Uh, It's a very, very, very good book. Um, I I don't even know. I can't remember the last time I read it. I don't remember the last issue I saw. Um, because it was so inconsistent with how how it was being published, so that sucks. Um, I don't know. I don't remember anything about where I left off, but I'm eager to get back into it because this was one of my favorite books when it was being published, and um, it's really really cool. Image Comics, Black Magic, can't wait. You said this is number twelve, right? Yeah. It looks like the last one came out in like 2018. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a huge break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she kind of blew up. I remember that um, she had a lot of stuff going on at that time. Yeah. Uh, and then Greg Rucka, I feel like he picked up he picked up some DC work. I think they both felt like they needed to put the book on pause. Because they had a lot of other things going on. That's what I remember. Uh, and, it, it, you know, Image does afford creators the space to do that. Um, it's a double-edged sword. Because now it's like, how many people who were reading this book are coming back? I know I'm coming back. But I'm coming back with no remembrance at all of what I read. I don't remember almost any of the plot points. Does that kind of excite you? Sorry? Does that kind of excite you to come in kind of clean again? Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would ra- I would much rather there not have been a two-year gap. Mm, gotcha. 
Are you going to reread everything before you uh, pick this pick this up? Nope. Uh, I I wish I would, but I have so many comics that I have to read that I'm backed up on. Sure. And I just cannot, I just cannot justify that. Hmm. Um, but you know, I'll enjoy it. I'm sure, anyways. Yeah, hopefully they do a good job of <clears throat> kind of catching you up. I highly doubt that they will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you don't remember? You clearly weren't paying attention. That's on you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Pete and I both pulled uh, X Men number ten. I'm very glad to see that being solicited. Oh, I didn't Hell see yeah, that. Man. Dang. <laughs> you want to pull it too? It's been yes. All right. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, it's been. It's been two years been since this book came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last one was in what March? Like when quarantine started? Mm-hmm. That was ten years ago. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's been that feels years. like that may as well have been a year ago. Um, March 107th. Yeah. Excited Yo, to get back to it. Where are the X-Men with the coronavirus vaccine? Like, we'll let you have your sovereign nation, but, like, fuck, where are you guys at? <laughs> Yo, I feel like that would be the move, though, right? It's like, oh, coronavirus is better. All the mutants stay on Krakoa. We're done. Let them all die. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually have no idea what this issue is going to be about. Uh, most of the issues of X-Men have been disjointed, disconnected from, you know, each prior issue. There's not a lot of continuity within the series itself. So it, it may not actually matter what happened in the last issue. I feel like they were dealing with the brood or something. Um, oh yeah. 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 But yeah, I think you're right. I hope the old ladies come back. They did. In uh, the 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 Empire tie-in, hell yeah! Oh, there you go. So I'm 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 excited. I can't wait for that. And uh, maybe we'll have a review for X Men number ten. Let's do. You never know. So we have tons of news to cover from San Diego Comic Con, and we're gonna get into all that. But we're gonna start with some of the stuff that happened before San Diego Comic-Con and is not exactly related. And unfortunately, we have to start with talk about Comicsgate, our favorite group of people to discuss. More like to disgust. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. All right. Yeah, (laughs) Gail. The dunk fest continues. So we're talking about Comics Gate X Dynamite because they have teamed up to uh, to do evil. Uh, so Dynamite's been in hot water over the last couple of weeks because they were working with uh, Comics Gate member. I guess it's not really a. It's not a. You know. It's not a, yeah, um, uh, Cecil Jones, uh, and and so they 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 crowd they crowdfunded a comic, um, called Cash Grab, and uh, Dynamite basically put out a, a cover called Cecil's Big Cover, where this character Cecil was between uh, Vampirella and. 
Red Sonia, um, who obviously are some of the most popular characters that Dynamite has. And if you if you read any amount of the pages from this book, uh, first of all, you'll you'll understand how bad the book is. Number one, but you'll also understand why it's very odd that Dynamite would want to pair this character and this book with. Um, with these characters, with with Red Sonia and uh, Vampirella, so I I actually read what I could find from from this book, and it's 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 awful. Like it's it's object objectively, if you just remove your feelings about, let's just say for argument's sake, I'm not saying this is what I do, right? But let's say you remove your feelings of, of about misogyny, you remove your feelings about racism. You remove any of your opinions about any of that, and you just read the page, right? It's brutally bad. Like, it's not good. It's not good quality at all. Um, the artwork is not good. The writing is not good. The jokes do not land. It's just not a well-put-together comic book on any conceivable level. And then when you add in your feelings about misogyny, and racism and those things, uh, it gets even worse because this character Cecil is this like crazy horny guy, right? And he's having this conversation with a with a woman who's like over the top busty and you know nipples poking out. Yeah, the okay. size of Montana. Yeah, you saw it too. You guys want to talk yeah. about me? It's cool. <laughs> You're so busty, Phil. And it's just it's just awkward. And so I say all that to say that it's very strange to me that Dynamite would even want to pair Cecil with Vampirella and Red Sonia. Red Sonia, especially a character who, while she is highly sexualized, and I have no problem with that, um, she's a little more I take her a little more seriously, maybe, than Vampirella, because she is also an amazing warrior. And her stories are, are, you know, there's some depth to them, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I felt like they threw their characters to the wolves a little bit in this, in this campaign. Yeah. I, I feel like um, regardless of the fact that, you know, I think, I think it's fair to say that Red Sonia and Vampirella are both, like, they're sexy characters, right? Like, they're definitely products of, of a time. And um, they've had good runs. And they, like, to your point, like, they've, I think they've. Um, done a good job of like having their cake and eating it too a little bit, you know, where it's like, yeah, these can be like busty, sexy ca- comic book characters, but they can have good books, you know, like they can have depth. And um, to kind of reduce them to just being like pinup models for this like no name bullshit character who's like a gross, you know, pervy guy is like, it feels weird, you know, like it's like you wouldn't. Like, DC wouldn't have, like, you know, Superman and Batman big up some fucking no-name bullshit character from a scummy creator like that. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like, it it does feel like a, a disservice to your two most recognizable IP. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, with that, right, um, 
they have gotten in major trouble over this. Uh, Dynamite actually houses some really strong creators. Uh, Gail Simone has done a lot of work with them. Uh, she she worked on Red Sonia, which was really really good. I loved I loved what she did with that character, um, and she's she's done a lot of stuff with them. Uh, Mark Russell has done quite a bit with them. Uh, he's currently working on Red Sonia as well. Um, Jim Zub, who you know I think is a name you've probably read something from at some point. Uh, Matt Miner, who's kind of I, I would say more of an up and comer maybe. Um, Carla Pacheco, like they have creators who work with them that are really talented people and all of them have come out and said hey we don't want to be associated with this we don't want to have our names on a product that uh you know the owners of are using to court the kinds of people that they're courting you know um it's not a good look it's not a good look at all and the person who runs dynamite um, I believe his name is Nick Barucci. Yeah, Nick Barucci. Um, he's been courting Comicsgate for years. He's had an association with them. They worked with Ethan Van Skyver, and they pimped their characters out at that point as well to do a, a crossover variant cover for Cyberfrog, uh, where they did use Dynamite characters on that cover. Um... And he did put out a, he did the keynote speech, I believe it was a couple of years back at a retailer summit. And he said that was some- this year. Was that this year? That was this year. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, I stand corrected on that. Um, and he said some things that, I remember we talked about it and I was on his side in a lot of ways, but it's unfortunate that especially now it's clear that he was his i sided with him on certain elements of his speech but it's clear that he was coming from the wrong place because he he's clearly down with the comics gators of the world and they stand for things that have nothing to do with comics that's a movement that's based in hate not in comics quality or anything like that um i think there are people who probably don't fully understand what comics gate is and say well i i do feel like you know marvel and dc shouldn't forsake their older characters for the sake of diversity so i guess i agree with comics gate and you know those people are misguided in the sense that they they should really know who who's on their side. They should really know who they're aligning themselves with. And Nick Berucci either doesn't know, isn't fully aware, or doesn't care, and or is down with it. And I feel like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, just to build on that, right? Like he, if if he is ignorant, right? And I think that's giving him a lot of benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's not an excuse. Like, you're a CEO and publisher of a major comic book publisher. Like, you should know what Comicsgate is. Like, you should have an idea of what that means, you know? Yeah, this whole um, thing is nothing but shocked Pikachu face. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Totally. Uh, the creators did speak out. They have spoken about their feelings. Um, Russell, Mark Russell, of course, of... Uh, 
second son or second coming rather fame uh, and also current writer of Red Sonia said I don't think of these as boycotts so much as people simply choosing with whom they want to associate I have no power to stop Comicsgate from publishing their comics nor to stop Dynamite from publishing or promoting their work I simply can't be a party to it and frankly I'm glad that other creators consumers and retailers feel the same way one of the stranger personal consequences of this is that it put me on the same side as people refusing to buy my comic. So it's less about this being a calculated tactic for effect than people simply acting on their own conscience about what they are and aren't willing to support. I think it's important to recognize, and we're good because we're going to talk about something very, very similar next. I think it's important to recognize that Gail Simone. Carla Pacheco and Mark Russell are all choosing to say, hey, we're not working with Dynamite so long as they are, are working with Comicsgate. This is not what we're going to do. They all are making taking that stance of their own volition. That's what they want, right? Um, Gail Simone actually uh, had to say, she kind of came out and said, she needs time to think and reflect and doesn't want to be pressured into making any type of statement uh, before she was ready. This was on July 17th. She tweeted out, here's the thing. I'm not being silent for career reasons. I'm not being silent at all. I'm taking a minute to process something personally very disappointing and sad. If I'm not doing that on your timer, don't know what to say. I point that out because I think it's, it's important for us to recognize that we're sitting in our houses and these creators are actually living these situations. And for them, you know, this is more than just, eh, you know what? You want to work with Comicsgate? Screw you. Gail Simone has had a, a, a strong relationship with Dynamite over the years. Um, I'm sure that the stories that she got to tell were very personal for her. Probably a lot of fun for her. It's probably very tough to, to hear this, you know? Uh, for Carla Pacheco, who is, uh, by her own accord, a queer woman of color, it's probably very difficult to know that a company that you're working for is doing this. You know, when these very same people, the Comicsgate people, not all of them, but by and large, from what I'm aware of, probably don't like you and feel like you're a part of the problem in comics. Yeah. Or, like, at worst, have have actively harassed you. Yeah. Right? Like, to find out that your employer is saying that they don't care about that. That's what that means, right? Like, oh, we'll we'll publish your book and make money from you, but we're also going to go and get as much money as we can from these people because that's what we care about. It's like that fucking sucks. Like especially I think as a to your point, right? Like as a a, a business, you know, like obviously all comic publishers are business businesses, but a vast majority of the people that work there are artists and creators and like you get invested in the work that you do. You put a piece of yourself into the work that you do. So like, I think, I think for an organization like this to not stand by their creators, I imagine that must really hurt. And I imagine that must really hurt, especially if you're someone who, you know, um, is like part of a, of a marginalized community and feels like it was, you know, like tougher for you to even get in the door and be in the industry and like have a publisher of dynamite size and repute take a shot on you and your books and your stories 
and then for them to turn around and say like, oh, well, that was all that was all lip service. Right. Like that fucking sucks. That really sucks, man. And like, I don't I I'm with you in terms of, you know, I think. uh, It's not cut and dry for these creators because of their attachment to the work that they did there and like what it means for their careers and all those sorts of things, like, especially if you're an up and comer, right? Like, uh, uh, you talked about like Matt Miner and like, I know, um, in the article, like he was working on a Guar book and now they're going to take that somewhere else and everything. And it's like, it's great that he can do that. But it's also, you think if you're somebody who is newer in comics and this is like a steady gig for you during a pandemic, when financial security is like, you know, really thrown into question, like, I I have a, a lot of respect for the creators here who are taking a principled stance and saying, like, I won't renew my contract or I won't work with them anymore because this doesn't represent my values. Um, but I also don't think it's fair for us as, like, commentators and to, like, armchair quarterback and, you know, be like, why hasn't Gil Simone said anything? It's like, well, let her think about it. Like, this is, like... I'm sure there's a big blow to her emotionally, you know? And I'm sure she has friends there that she's thinking twice about and things like that. And like, that's, that's hard, you know? And, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people have legitimately had that kind of experience. And it's real easy to make a comment about what you think someone should do. So I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, but nothing but respect for the creators who have made that statement and have made that personal choice. Um, because I think it's, I think that's a principled position to take. I I do want to point out that uh, Nick Berucci has since uh, put out a statement. Um, uh, I guess through, through the dynamite comics, Twitter, he said in speaking with Cecil, neither one of us realized the cover would be so polarizing. We discussed and are not moving forward with the cover or the campaign. And then he uh, signed it signed it as himself. So that's how we know that it was him who said that. And that's cool. But nah. I'm calling BS personally. And normally I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I very much want to be that person in this instance it's hard to do that because you know you 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 know who who these people are you know what comics gate is you have to know you're the owner of dynamite you're the ceo of dynamite comics you have to be aware on some level of that you have to you've worked with ethan van skyver you've been on I believe he was on his live stream. I could be incorrect about that. Um, but you you have to know. And there's no apology associated with that statement. And it's weird because the entire industry has come down on you. And he talked about cancel culture in his keynote address. And he talked about how much he despises that and whatnot. And now he is the subject of it. And that makes me feel like this statement is not genuine because he, based on what he said in the keynote speech, would hate the reaction that he's gotten. He wouldn't understand the reaction that he's got based on that keynote speech. So it's hard, it's hard for me to buy it. 
<laughs> yeah, and I don't know, man. Like the whole um I, I don't want to like make assumptions about people's uh political leanings and stuff like that, but I think it's safe to say that like comics gate, right? And a lot of comics gators, I think express a lot of kind of like right-wing sentiments. And the idea that like cancel culture is only a thing when it's aimed at me and people who think like me and I hate it. But then you have this entire movement of, you know, quote unquote, um, of comics gate that is entirely predicated on trying to cancel creators of color or who are queer or who are anyone that don't fit your idea of what a comic book creator should be and what they should make. And that's not what comics are. Keep politics out of comics. Keep your agenda out of my comics. What the fuck is that? That's fucking cancel culture, man. That's censorship. That's you saying what publishers should put out and what art should be and what people should say in their art. Fuck you. It's the most disingenuous fucking bullshit I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's just, it's, it's so laughably transparent to me that anybody who actually believes their own bullshit like in that you're a fucking moron that's it like you're you're an idiot and you have no no level of being self-aware about the world and your place in it and your politics like if you can just admit that you're a bigot at least you're being honest with yourself right um but the mental gymnastics that these people go through to act like they have high ground and that they're not, I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a sexist. I just don't want, I don't want these SJW politics in my, fuck you, man. Like, just shut the fuck up. Be honest. Oh, I I voted for Obama the first time. I can't be racist. (laughs) My neighbor's black. I live next to a black person. I can't be racist. I watched an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. (laughs) Carlton was my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really get the rest of the characters, but, um,. Yeah, I watched it on mute. I read the, some of the subtitles. I I kind of got the gist. I like that. Uncle I like Phil Tom Jones rich. too. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, let's let's look at this though from another angle. Let's 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 talk about a different situation, but still involving Comics Gate. So now we're going to talk about Tom King and Jay Lee. Now, Jay Lee, uh, he did a he did a variant cover for uh, a Cyber Frog one shot from Van Skyver, and he also did a variant cover. It was it was recently announced um, for uh, Rorschach number one that just came out yesterday. The announcement. More reasons for me to not be into that book. Well, not even because of the Comicscape part. I, I just don't fucking like Jay Lee. You don't? No, I hate his art. Oh, shoot. Never, ever liked it. 
all his all his uh, people have like this watery raisin quality. <laughs> I can see what you mean. <laughs> That's a really funny way to put it. I, I like I like Jay's work. I've, I've always been a fan, but uh, hey, it's okay to be wrong. Well, it's fine. Yeah, you should know. Uh, hey. Oh shit! <laughs> that was good. I got bullets in the chamber today. So, uh, Tom King took to Twitter when this announcement was made. And uh, he said the following. Today, DC put out an alternate cover to Rorschach by Jay Lee, who has also done covers for Comicsgate, a hate group. DC does not consult creators on alternate color covers. I reached out to them to express my deep disappointment. Far as I'm concerned, this is the cover to Rorschach number one. And he included an image of the cover that we talked about last week. Now, not even. A day later, literally not a day later, six hours later, in fact, Tom King updated us with the following. And, and I should say that everybody was taking Jay to task. He's been being taken to task and asking, in fact, for Tom to do more than what he did. Uh, I actually stepped into the ring, which I never, ever do. Oh, wow. Uh, but someone was calling for Tom King to uh, threaten DC with quitting the, the book if they don't get rid of the cover. If they don't, wow. if they don't get rid of the cover, uh, they said that, that, Tom, that Tom should quit the project and that if he didn't do that, he wasn't doing enough. Okay. Meanwhile, Tom King went on Twitter to say, hey, I don't support this, and I reached out to DC to let them know, which seemed to be the right thing to do. And that made me hot for some reason that that guy was calling for that, so I actually uh, responded to him, which I never, ever do, got into a little Twitter spat. But six hours later, we learned this. King says, I spoke with Jay. He's not on Twitter, didn't know Comicsgate existed, and doesn't support hate of any kind. We're all good. Best possible outcome. That pissed me off, to be honest. Mm. Really? Yep. Because I think that it's not fair, and it was wrong of Tom to blast Jay Lee like that without talking to him. He went to D.C., he told them that he was disappointed in them that they hired this man, right? So he put some stink on his name with his bosses. Then he went on social media, put more stink on his name by letting everybody know that. And there are people who will see that tweet and never consider Jay's work again. And maybe don't see the follow-up. It's entirely possible because the story circulated. That's not fair to that man who's not even on social media and doesn't know about this. Not everyone in the world knows what Comicsgate is. You know, when, when people, when you interact with people who are complete, uh, extremely offline, who are, A, the happiest people in the world. <laughs> oh, God. What I wouldn't give to be one of those people. <laughs> and, you, and, and, they, oh. and they, like, oftentimes will do something ex- inadvertently or accidentally that, you know, brushes up against something bad. 
it, I, I, I buy that Jay Lee is just completely unaware yeah. of Comics Gate, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'll do this thing. It'll make me money, and I have no idea anything, <laughs> any of the context around it. So yeah, Sean, I could, I, 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 uh, I, I know what you mean. Uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you hear some loud noise coming from next door or something, and your first instinct is call the police instead of like finding out what the fuck's going on next door. Because then you're bringing out like this alien third party or whatever right. instead of like actually resolving things like people. Yeah, um, I, I really. I think that now more than ever, we have to be so careful with how we proceed in situations like that. If you were going to talk to Jay just six hours later, could you really not have just waited to have that conversation to see what he knew? I'd never even heard this in the first place. Like, I'm not, uh, you know, I just said I'm not a big Jay Lee head, but like... I've never even seen his name connected with any of that. So, like, where did Tom King hear it? I knew he did the cover because this kind of came up uh, adjacent to the Dynamite Comics thing. Uh, it, it resurfaced. And, you know, he was getting canceled at that point. But again, the guy's not even on social media. He, he, like, anyone could know that. And I read tweets from comic book creators who said that he notoriously stays away from the internet. He's just not on it. He's just not interested. So how would he know? You could make the argument, well, oh, does he not go to Comic-Con? Does he not speak to his fellow creators? The, newsflash, their, their lives don't revolve around Comicsgate. They're actively trying to avoid that. Yeah. And like, I think yeah, go ahead. if you have a Twitter presence, that's totally fair. Yeah. You know, like yeah, like we were calling out, you know, uh, Nick Berucci yeah. in the last story, right? Total, uh, yeah. And I, I, but I, I think there's there's reasonable doubt there, right? That like, yeah, if you're not on Twitter, why would you know? Because like, I think of some of my friends who read comics that are not like in on comics. You know, like they don't, <clears throat> they might not know the creative team behind a book that they're reading, or they might not know what else those people have worked on. You know, and they sure as fuck don't know who the editors are or any of that kind of stuff, right? Like, there, you can be a, a casual fan and not be aware of the the dialogue around anybody, I'll right? You, like, I'll tell you this it's right really now. easy. Uh, what was that? So I'll tell you this right now. Jay Lee obviously knows what Comicsgate is now. <laughs> right, yeah. So, like... If he does something else, then reasonable doubt's gone, right? But uh, I think in this scenario, I, I totally, I can totally believe this narrative. And I think, um, to your point, Sean, uh, I think it's fair to say that, like, Tom jumped the gun. Like, I think um, I'll, I'll also give him the benefit of the doubt, where, like, I think as a creator who is online and who a lot of his peers are online, like, he has... Uh, his reality is is one where Comicsgate is is a thing, and it's a prevalent topic of conversation. And I think, um, assuming that other you know people who are in the industry and in the know, or I guess not in the know, other people who are actively working in the industry would be in the know. Um, so like, 
I I feel like his heart was in the right place, but I'm with you in that if he was going to go through the effort of reaching out to Jay and and making a a personal connection with him to have a dialogue about it, like don't don't weaponize uh, your following against him, you know. And and again, like maybe he thought that that was the only way for him to like make noise about it because he did go to DC and you know they didn't necessarily like give him the answer he was looking for so like i agree with you i think i think he handled it wrong but i i think what he was he was trying to do a good thing um i get where he was coming from too jay lee is i'm sorry kale you haven't spoken go ahead well i was just gonna just throw one more thing in tom's defense and and this is very uh light on the surface of all that is he's also had a lot of shitty dealings with those people yeah. you know with his uh uh his cia credentials being questioned and you know the attacks on his family and shit like yeah so like i i get how his first reaction would be like oh fuck no yeah like not on my book yeah jay lee's an asian man true and i like Come on, I'm not. There are definitely minorities that that you know associate themselves with Comicsgate. It's a fact, but you have to be so careful. And I, I just, I feel like you know the both sides thing is is played out. But I think it's wrong what Comicsgate is stands for, and I denounce it. But I also think you can't just run your mouth. And you can't just jump to conclusions in every instance. It's it's not cool to do that. And nobody can say how Jay Lee's career might be affected by something like that. Tom did update us, and that's cool. But like I said, there are many people who may never buy his books again because of this. Yeah, because they won't see Tom's update or <clears throat> they only see the headline and they don't actually go read the article and see that there was an update where it was like, oh, it was a misunderstanding, right? Like, yeah. For some people, that's the narrative now. And he, like, uh, you used the phrase earlier, Sean, like, for some people, he has a stink now, um, regardless of what he actually did. For no reason. You know? Yeah. So to me, it's not an all, all's well that ends well story at all. No, I mean, and like, and that's the thing. It's like, it's it's not for no reason, but it's literally like what boils down to like a misunderstanding, and like it's one that could have easily been avoided. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but again, Tom King did one hundred percent of the wrong. Yeah, yeah, he he created a story where there wasn't one. Yeah, you know, don't like it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it sucks. So let's let's get out of that and let's get into some better stuff. Let's talk about Ahoy Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do Quick it. Quick announcement Good from shit. them. They are announcing their wave five of new titles that they're putting out. Of course, uh, you know Ahoy for Second Coming. You know Ahoy for uh, The Wrong Earth. Things like that. And uh, now they're making some new announcements. So we're going to be getting Penultimate Man number one. Uh, by Tom Pear and Alan Robinson. Uh, so this is this is described as back from the future again. Penultiman, the next to last stage in human evolution, is the greatest, best looking, and most admired superhero in the world. So how can he stop hating himself? 
His android understudy, Antipenultiman, thinks he knows the answer. Created by Tom Pear and Alan Robinson, featuring a variant cover by Jamal Eigel, uh, resolicited from the Plague Times. All previous orders have been canceled. <laughs> the Plague Times. Love That's it. Good. They did, uh, I think, uh, there was a, a version of this on uh, Comixology mm. that I read after we uh, interviewed them, and this is really funny. It's really good. Yeah, and, and they try to make it so that all their books have that comedic element to yeah. them. And I thought they were successful with that, actually, with um, The Wrong Earth. And what was the, what was the cat book that we read? Uh, Captain Ginger. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I'm stoked about this, man. Yeah, this one, this one looks good. We also Wrong Earth definitely put Tom on my uh, on my radar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also learned about Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Blood. Okay, that cover is so fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's just him on a goddamn motorcycle, and he's got like a leather jacket and an ascot. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's really how you want to experience Edgar Allan Poe, really. you know, in 2020. <laughs> Um, Edgar Allan Poe for a new age for the new generation. Yeah, that 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 Joe Thompson cover, very very good. Um, Paul Cornell and Dean Motter on the on the uh, writing side, and Russ Braun and Dean Motter again on the art side of things. The Snifter of Terror returns with an all star snark fest under a bloody new title. Uh, the creators reimagined Poe's black cat as a dog. In Atlas Shrugged, no relation, Mr. X creator Dean Motter <laughs> settles science versus religion once and for all. Plus, pros, picks, and a cover by Scary Godmother's Jill Thompson. Cool. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, we also learned about Happy Hour number one. This sounds cool. By Peter Milligan. With art by Michael Montanat. In the future, in future America, being happy isn't just a right, it's the law. While the Joy Police brutally enforce the cheery code, two young people go on the run, searching for a haven of melancholy where they can safely bask in the blues. <laughs> Love Please it. Come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. And Peter Milligan, great writer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Famous I, for his run on Ecstatics. Yeah, never read it. That's right, with Mike Allred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a uh, very good friend of Grant Morrison, or at least he used to be. I can't speak on... They used to be great friends, I don't know. Grant Morrison's too rich for all that now. His only friends are Ben and the other guys. The, his friends the, are all, like, uh, celestial beings. <laughs> well, I was saying his friends are all dead presidents, but yeah. That works too. Oh, Ben. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that was ben, fucking Ben. Who? I couldn't think of any of the other <laughs> presidents that are on those bills. Quite frankly, I just blanked. Look, I couldn't. You also picked the only one who wasn't a president. Right. George. Yeah, that too. George Washington, <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> He's all about the Lincoln. All real old white guys. You're right. Yes. True. Alexander Hamilton is Lin Manuel Miranda. What are you talking about? <laughs> I never saw that. Uh, I started it actually. Uh, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a theater guy. I didn't. Enjoy I'm not it. a theater guy either, but I enjoyed it. Also, not I a didn't. president. 
That's true. I have a lot of problems with America. So, <laughs> so do I. Uh, we also we also learned about uh, second coming only begotten son number one from Mark Russell the aforementioned Mark Russell with art by Richard Pace and Leonard Kirk the savior of the and the savior and the superhero return for a new round of shared adventures but first we turn back time to witness the interplanetary origin of Sunstar warning portrays science denial mass extinction and real estate sales. Love it. And last but certainly not least, we learned about The Wrong Earth, Night and Day Number 1 by Tom Pear with art by Jamal Eigel and Juan Castro. The stars of The Wrong Earth and Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man return, racing to prevent identical catastrophes that threaten the separate Earths they inhabit. Gritty Dragonfly and his campy doppelganger Dragonfly Man follow the clues to a third Earth where they at last come face to face. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's chill. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I about that. Yeah. Dude, the wrong Earth is great. Yeah. It, it's so it's cool. It's really good. I'm looking. I haven't gotten to check out Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man yet, but it's on uh, Comixology Unlimited, um, like almost all their books. So. Tight. I totally sympathize with people who are a little bit weary of picking up books from, especially if you're primarily a big two reader or a big three reader, if you count image, maybe you're weary of picking up books by smaller publishers that don't have the name value associated. But I think we can speak to the quality of these, the title, at least the, the books that we read were good. Yeah. Uh, the wrong Every, every Ahoy good. book I've read was good. Yeah period yeah i wouldn't want to talk about these books if i didn't have the belief that they would be good so mm-hmm. that's the comics pal seal of approval i think that if you're curious just just go for it just try try the wrong earth at least well and and uh i know that um kale and i have kind of been banging the drum for it this year but uh comicsology unlimited i'm pretty sure you can still get it for a buck right now for like three months mm. i'm still on my first month or my first trial or whatever that I got back in like, I don't know, March or April. Um, so you could read these books for a dollar and like, I, I could not recommend, I mean, again, every Ahoy book we checked out, I really liked, but could not recommend the wrong earth more highly. Yeah. It's really, really good. For sure. For sure. So let's, let's get into San Diego comic-con. How about that? Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it, man. And, uh, gotta tell you, not that exciting. No, not that exciting. Well, it's in my. It's my. I've, I only live in a one bedroom apartment, Sean. <laughs> Fair enough. How am I supposed to get all these people in here? <laughs> I don't even think I could hold a panel. The, 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 the reality is, San Diego Comic Con in your house isn't as cool as like an actual WrestleMania level event. You're right. You are absolutely right, uh, and I appreciate that. Um. Yeah, so I watched, I watched a couple of panels. I watched the Marvel, uh, San Diego Comic Con panel, and then I also watched the New Mutants panel. Other than that, I felt like the announcements were kind of lackluster overall. Um, and then most of it was like panels that you would expect at a con, like breaking into comics and things like that that I wouldn't even go to if I were there. So. Uh, Kefis in the Discord said that the DC at home day one panel 
uh, was he he said it was pretty charming. Uh, I asked, so I asked him what it was like, and he said short convos with writers and artists. The first one with Tom's is the best. Hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's all the insight I've got. So we're gonna start with New Mutants. I thought it was really good, actually. I thought the the panel was really really good. Oh, you saw the movie. Uh, yeah, I did, actually. I feel like I saw the damn movie. They showed so much footage in this panel. Uh, so they, they dropped a trailer, another trailer, and because we just got a trailer last week. Last week, we got a trailer promoting that, that the panel would take place, and then we got a trailer at the panel. That's insane. And then on top of the trailer we got at the panel, we also got footage, the first scene of the movie they showed as well. Um, How long was it? Uh, it was maybe about three minutes. Okay. So not very long. Um, I f- feel like I saw way too much. Way, way, way too much. Uh, there were certain things about the movie that I wanted to like experience while I was watching it. And I didn't get that chance because they just showed too much. Um. Do you guys mind if I, like, say... Nah, man. Just go for it. So they showed off the demon bear. Oh, oh really? On. Yeah. That's the that whole... That's the, that's the movie. Yeah. Yep. That Fuck fucking... That's really lame. Yeah, that was frustrating. I, I really... Because I haven't even read the book. So yeah. I haven't ever seen it. I wanted to wait for the movie. Did it look cool? It though? looked badass. It looked fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it looked really great. They also showed uh, magic in action. And she looked phenomenal. Cool. Uh, I think think she was in the last... Yeah, she was in the last one, too. They showed her doing things she definitely wasn't doing in the last one. And I don't want to spoil it, but um, it was super cool. Her role in that book is awesome. So that's exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got to read that. Um, It's good. One thing that was really clear... Is that the, the the cast has a great rapport? Um, they were just like laughing and joking together. You know, a cast full of young people. Um, they really got along. It was it was cool to see that, and it, it actually made me more confident that the movie would be good. I have a lot of faith it'll be good if it ever comes out. <laughs> <laughs> like the last like three trailers they've shown, it's like yeah, no, this looks good, and I. It it really shouldn't at this point. Like you think it's terrible, but it looks like a rock solid movie. Totally, yep. Um, it was, but again, you know, like they they showed off a lot of, uh, you know, fan art and things like that, and and got the cast to react to it. But there weren't many interesting things said during the panel itself. Um, yeah. they joked about they joked a lot about the release. Or lack thereof, I guess. It's coming out in October in theaters, right? Uh, Four years ago. (laughs) Yeah, October three years ago. Uh, Something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't don't recommend that you watch the panel unless you don't care about spoilers at all. Uh, The first scene showed off too much. The trailer showed off too much. Do not consume that if you care. But uh, otherwise, it was, I thought it was a very good panel. Uh, did you guys have any questions based on the panel? 
I sure I, you answered it for did. me where like I, if they showed the bear and what they showed it like it sounds like it's all good that's all I like I'm ready just show me the fucking movie already you know yeah yeah at this rate it's not gonna be the new mutants it's gonna be the old mutants <laughs> I just think it's like Sean I think you pointed it out last time where it's like when you think about when this movie was supposed to come out like especially with like Maisie Williams right who was like very young mm-hmm. when they shot it it's like She's going to be 40 it's at like, this rate. That's what I'm, It's like five years later at this point. Like, she went from being, like, a teenager to now she's, like, in her mid-20s, isn't she? Like, well, it's fucking, fucking insane. The guy, uh, the Stranger Things guy, has already had his, uh, his, uh, re- his drug trip yep. and rehab. That He's already covered that part of his career. <laughs> like, he's done. Wait, which, which kid? <laughs> Oh, the, the uh, Will's brother weird, from Stranger Things. Yeah, the Jonathan, the weird-looking older kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like he's burned out already, and that they have to bring <laughs> him in for these panels. Like no one wants to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like hey, remember that movie you did? You got to talk about it. No, that was like two drug trips ago, dude. He's um, like, bro, I was high yeah. that whole movie. I don't remember shit. Oh, that was a bad rehab. time for me. <laughs> and I have to relive it every time they pull me out of the ether for one of these fucking panels. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that brother's struggling right now. Um <laughs> there was some additional information though that we did get from a Comic-Con uh after party type of not after party but like after interview that they did uh with comicbook.com actually. Uh where we did learn a little bit more about the movie and what the future might hold. Uh, Josh Boone, the director, talked about the fact that he wanted it to be a trilogy. And that... I know. <laughs> I know. <This> poor bastard. <laughs> uh, his outline idea was that the first one was supposed to explore what he calls a rubber reality. Uh, the second one was supposed to be an alien invasion featuring Warlock, which is, that sounds fantastic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And then the third one would have been the Inferno comic, an, an adaption of Inferno. Ooh. That event. Damn. Yeah. Um, so. That cool. <laughs> it, it sounds really awesome, but we're probably not going to get any of that. And he does talk about the fact that he can't. He says he can't imagine why Disney would do it unless the movie does crazy yeah. numbers, which it, uh, yeah, it, unless it blows uh, up. Yeah. Which I mean, like I guess it could. Like it looks like it's going to be good. So if it comes out and people, I don't know, who knows? It's tough to say, right? Like anything could happen. That's like Is part it- of the reason. Like I know I've been saying this. I feel like they should just put it out on Disney Plus because I feel like it would get so much attention right now. Because what the fuck else is out? Uh, well, we got Toys you know? World Tour, buddy. One thing at a time. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, of course. And it's like, well, this is like an anecdotal thing, but it's like, it's something that like I've noticed this year in video games where it's like almost every video game that's come out that's like a big game has broken some kind of record. Right? Home. Like The Last of Us broke a record for being the best-selling PlayStation 4 game and then Ghost of Tsushima broke it like three weeks later. And it's, you know, Animal Crossing is like the most downloaded video game of all time now for the month it came out. It's like... Everyone's you know, home. Yeah, that's what I'm fucking saying. Like, put it out and, like, let me get excited about it. And if it fucking whips, like, why not? I don't know. If Bill and Ted could come out on fucking VOD and theaters at the same time, there's no reason this movie can't. Who was looking for uh, Bill and Ted? 
Bro, I feel so guilty about how I'm in, how into it I am. <laughs> I can't decide. I can't Phil, decide. The idea that you are excited for that is both the most off and on brand thing ever. I feel yeah. so guilty about being I don't, into it. I don't want sequels to old dumb movies <laughs> except for when I jet definitely do. I don't. That's the problem. I don't know why I'm into this. <laughs> It's because watching Dragon Ball has made you less cynical again. I guess. Man, maybe. It looks dumb and bad, but I'm like, I want to watch it. There was a little bit of controversy surrounding this panel. Uh, people were, like I said, highly uh, suspecting that they would announce the, um, the VOD coming out the, after the panel, that the movie would be available to watch right after and that didn't happen what instead happened was uh that they they basically you know posted a joke uh that said the movie would come out on the august 28th fingers crossed and of course that's pretty funny huh that's pretty yeah that's pretty yeah august 28th is of course the current release date and they just you know poked a little fun people took them to task for that by saying how crazy it was that they would stick to the release date and, uh, you know, all that kind of jazz. It's not coming out. Relax, <laughs> people. Jesus Christ. They know that because they also changed it in the trailer. It says coming soon. It doesn't even have a date. So, like, the August 28th thing was clearly a joke. And I think people were so ready to dunk on this that they were going to do it no matter what. And I feel like, yeah. especially after all the quality footage we've seen, they don't deserve it. No. Like, this movie's just been stuck in development hell. Limbo. You know? like, yeah, you're right, because it's fucking... <laughs> it's so ridiculous. This is one of the weirdest stories we've ever covered, because it just keeps developing. Yeah. I thought we were so done with this, like, three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Like, can you imagine, like, go back to the first time we ever talked about this movie on the show. Oh. Be like, you'll be talking about it four years later, and it's still not out. <laughs> Damn, we're going to have to it's revisit like, that conversation somehow, like, re-release it or something when the movie comes out to see, like, what that conversation was like. We should have Marco edit together every segment of us ever talking about it. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. This is, like, we all thought Batfleck was going to be the longest saga in Comics Pals Damn. news history, and man, New Mutants is like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding, Well, man. both the Snyder Cut and New Mutants. True. Supposedly are coming. <laughs> Allegedly. So, we'll see. Yeah. I'm still excited for the movie. Can't wait for it. It looks yeah. good. I hope it. I hope it comes out. I hope I can eventually watch it. <laughs> yeah, same. One day with my grandkids. Oh wow! <laughs> you see that? That's Maisie Williams, that old lady you see in the commercials. Now she was young once, you know. You know the one doing the commercials for Incontinence. She used to be an actress. <laughs> I just like I I love the idea of like in this this alternate universe it's like Maisie Williams be, like becomes like one of the most you know storied actors of our time or whatever she's like Helen Mirren or something and then she dies and they're like oh. in honor of her death we're gonna release New Mutants psych <laughs> we're not yeah. but even then yeah it doesn't happen 
really burn out people. It's the last episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Here's the new mutants. <laughs> you know what? Like, I, you know what would be really funny is if they just keep delaying this movie and then eventually it's like there's like a leak or like a hack and someone steals it and puts it on the internet. Oh, that'd be <laughs> such like, a bummer. <laughs> that sounds like some shit hackers would do, though. That feels like a thing that could be like more legitimate than it actually getting an official release. You some might heroes be right. don't wear capes, obviously. Just want to watch the world back. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, let's let's talk about Image Comics. I think the biggest thing that came from their San Diego Comic Con so far. Keep in mind, for us, it's Saturday, so there are probably a lot of announcements that haven't come yet. Typically, Saturday is the biggest day overall. Uh, but what we got from Image is more information about crossover. I think we talked about crossover a week ago, and. All we knew was that it was called Crossover, and I think we knew that Donny Cates was associated with it. Now, we actually know what it's about. So, uh, it's going to be Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw uh, on art, uh, with colors from D. Cuniff, and letters by uh, John J. Hill. And during the panel... uh, Donny Cates said that it was like a cross between Avengers Endgame and Cloverfield, which is so weird. Um, but uh, basically what it is, is it's what if there was a crossover event happening that was so big that it actually crossed over into the real world? Like what if all these characters actually ended up in the real world and the story was like, from the perspective of not those characters, but and you know a, just a regular person. Uh, so if you take like Marvels by Alex Ross, kind of that idea where Marvels is is telling the story of this you know the Marvel universe from the perspective of a regular dude. Uh, this is similar to that. So uh, he said, Donnie Cates, I should say, said. Um, because at its core, crossover has a lot of things to say and it has a lot of layers to it, meaning that if you want to come for a fun story and just something for escapism, that's absolutely for you. If you want to start peeling back the layers of this book and see what we're really talking about and see that the metaphors that are in the book are about things that are going on today, that's here for you too. Uh, so there's a lot of layers to the book, a lot of kind of like... um I don't know if I want to say it's a deconstruction, um, but it's being described as an anti-event event series, which is interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too because, like, uh, he kind of clarified and was like, "In like, not that's not like a dig to events. It's like it's kind of meant to celebrate them, like as a concept, which like does feel like it might like um." like kind of I don't know, like brush up against the deconstruction territory. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a fun idea. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, yeah, yeah like Morgan, uh, it's going to be a giant event, and you won't be into it because you don't like events. What's that? Are you worried that it's just going to end up being a giant event, even though it says it's an anti-event, and you just won't be into it? Huh? Huh? That's what you do. Remember, it's an old <laughs> bit. Um, no, you it's an image to... book, so it'll be good. That's the difference. Oh, I see. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> I forgot about that bit. <laughs> so just just to clarify, it's going to feature characters who are like superheroes that we know and love, but it won't actually be them. So they'll be like, you know, here's their analog for the Hulk or, you know. Great man. Right. Great man. <laughs> Instead of super there great. There goes a great man. <laughs> Stuff like that. Rat man. Who's that, Batman? I dig it. Mm. No. Yeah, because I guess you can't even do Man Bat. No. That's true. <laughs> wow. The blue street lights. <laughs> Who's I don't, that? Is that Flash? That's the Green Lantern. Really? Oh. <laughs> I got it. I might have gone with like the blue candle, but okay. <laughs> you got you got another one for me, Phil? <laughs> Give me three the more. Streak. The blur. That one's done. Yeah, that's done. <laughs> um, uh, um, let's see. Uh, the exclamation point. Stretchy man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done with the bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> You're welcome. Folks, I'll try again next I'll, week. <laughs> I'll show myself to the door do that over on the dc <laughs> side of things uh, all we really got was the announcement of an event called endless winter which we know nothing about Tight. sounds like the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> uh, it's gonna follow dark knight's death metal uh there's an ad for it the ad looks kind of cool but it doesn't show anything much just the the term "endless winter," the title. If you took away the DC logo, like it, it, it just feels like a Game of Thrones ad from like five years yeah. ago. Like mm. winter is coming. Could be an album title. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like if you told me that was a Coheed and Cambria album, like I'd believe that. Yeah, I am. Um, Could be a I fragrance. I was really confused because I googled "longest mm. winter" and Ken Jennings came up, and I was like, "What?" Turns out I accidentally typed "longest winter." So maybe that's what it's about. Maybe it's a DC book about Ken. You, you idiot. I can't believe you stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) How dare you? A Ken Jennings joke in 2020. Hey, Phil, fuck you. Get out of here. God. We we also learned a little bit more about the Rorschach series that's coming up. Um, oh, the one with Jaylee? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Noted comic skater Jaylee. <laughs> Noted racist. <laughs> uh, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Um, <laughs> Raisin enthusiast Jaylee. <laughs> Did you say racism enthusiast? No, raisin. I can see how you'll come up with that. <laughs> oh my god! It's like I love the idea of calling racists racism enthusiasts. <laughs> Jay Lee is very famous for his adoration for the California raisins. You guys didn't know that? Loves the water. Should have left it there. All right. So uh, DC put out a solicit for issue one, and it says. 
what does it mean when Rorschach reappears as, as an assassin trying to kill a candidate running against President Redford? Who is the man behind the mask and why is he acting this way? It's up to one detective to uncover the true identity of this would-be killer and it will take him into a web of conspiracies involving alien invasions, disgraced do-gooders, mystic visions, and guess comic books. Okay, so that's one thing. Uh, then we had uh, Tom King talking during the, um, during the DC Connect. Uh, and he said, a young woman partnering with Rorschach and a detective investigating the mystery. The detective is who you think he is. So. Now, great. I can be less interested in this book. Why is that, kill? Who do you think the detective is? The detective is clearly Batman. Boo. It's obviously Mr. Terrific, okay? <laughs> I was thinking uh, Detective Chimp, but. <laughs> oh, I was thinking that's the question. What if it's a winner? What if it's Detective Pikachu? Yeah, it's probably Renee oh, Montoya. No, right? no, no, wait. That's actually an interesting... That's actually cool, Sean. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I, uh, what if it's the question? Nah, still not into no. it. It's, it's probably Renee Montoya, yeah? It's like le- legit probably the answer? Uh, I don't really see how that makes any sense, right? Because Rorschach doesn't exist in the way that we know him in the DC universe. So I don't understand how it could be any of those people. It's, they said it's someone that you all know or whatever though, right? Like, but that doesn't mean who you think it is. I think that it's probably Reggie Mm. either Reggie or maybe, uh, Uh, the, sorry, Reggie, the Rorschach from doomsday. Yes. Yes. Rorschach too. did I just mishear you? I thought you said it was like a, a woman uh, working working with him. There's a young woman working with Rorschach yeah. and the detective. Oh, I see. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. Oh. Uh, or the other the other thought that I had was that it could be uh, Silk Spectre. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That could work. I uh, I can't unsee her from her HBO depiction now. Me neither, dude. Dude, yeah, that yeah, they nailed her. That was like such a cool development of that character. Yeah, I just hope it's not Batman. That I really hope it's I'm not with Batman. You. I'm with you. I love Batman mm, as much as anyone, suck. but it doesn't even it's make weird, sense. Rorschach. When I no, look yeah, into it, your mask, I see my dead parents. <laughs> it de- it definitely wouldn't make sense, and it would also very much like. Uh, to me, like kind of reek of what we were afraid Doomsday Clock was gonna be. Where it's like, what if Batman and Rorschach punched each other? Like, you know, I don't I don't need that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here, Tom. I'm trying to go to bat for you, and this is not I don't want this. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, it should be Elmer Fudd. <sighs> oh That's the worst timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Where instead of uh, DC superheroes, Looney Tunes crossover, it's Watchmen. <laughs> it's like just piss on Alan Moore's grave. Why no, don't you? <laughs> honestly, I feel like that'd be the thing Alan Moore would be the least upset about. Oh my god! Can you picture the Looney Tunes? The, hear the Looney Tunes theme song in your head, and the Watchmen characters running around like wackos. <laughs> And it's just it's just Rorschach. He comes up in a circle like Porky Pig, like <laughs> Be very, very quiet, Rorschach. I'm hunting rabbits. 
Bugs Bunny would obviously be Ozymandias, right? Elmer Fudd would have to be Rorschach. Hmm. I looked down. And that's a that's a thought Fudd. exercise I'm not prepared for right now. <laughs> I, then, why, look, then why are you here? I looked down the rabbit hole towards <laughs> Bugs Bunny and whispered, "No." <laughs> See, like, <laughs> I, was, Man, I was thinking of like, what a, do you think I am? Some kind of cartoon supervillain duck? I did it 35 minutes ago. <laughs> that was eating a carrot. Oh my god! I'm just, I'm, I'm picturing Bugs Bunny and and Rorschach now, like in a, a rabbit season, duck season thing with uh, with Doctor Manhattan. And Bugs Bunny goes ago. It was duck season. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes from now, it'll be rabbit wabbit season. I was I was thinking it's like the whole uh, the classic duck season, rabbit season, fire, and then when he yells fire, just Rorschach pops. <laughs> One hour from now, I'll have the hots for the bunny wearing women's clothing. What? <laughs> Bugs always wears women's clothing. This is Elmer Fudd, you see. Oh yeah, yeah. I, was, I thought you were talking about Lola Bunny. Um, don't call me doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's the good shit, man. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What if Lola Bunny was Rorschach? And someone called her doll. What would she whisper at them, Phil? How would that play out? Uh, she chains them to a fucking stove with a handsaw and lights the house on fire. Bro, I'm picturing Porky Pig with a like with a cleave down his face as she whispers, "No." <laughs> or, or or no. Here's the thing. Okay, instead of the the handsaw thing, right? It's like a similar kind of vibe. Where, like, you're chained to a basketball hoop and she gives you a, a ball and it's like, you gotta get three layups or you're fucking burning to death. <laughs> or you're gonna be stuck the, on the- Moron Mountain. Bring the rest. <laughs> Bro, we're all stuck there right now. That was the San Diego Comic Con reveals this weekend. Oh my god. Wow. Mola, don't come near me with that chained up saw. <laughs> oh god Woo <laughs> So give us a call DC We've You've got our number I'm very very angry <laughs> Oh Marvin Martian is Dr. Manhattan Oh yep. my god <laughs> He lives on Mars He's got the Martian part down yeah Totally Wow love it the original Martian. I'm so tired of these people and their puny lives. <laughs> Shit, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you broke my man. It was Dunzo. All right, Phil, mute yourself so Sean can move us along. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, one more. Porky Pig's got to be n- Night Owl. Yes. <laughs> Elmer Fudd is a comedian. Okay, I'm done.
No, Wiley Coyote's the comedian. Yosemite Sam. Damn it, that one's better. You got me. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about let's talk about Marvel's San Diego Comic Con so far. They they uh, had their panel, the the Marvel panel, and I got to tell you, it was a little bit uh, it was a little bit dry. It wasn't it wasn't too exciting. And uh, what I thought actually was that it was affected by the coronavirus in the sense that they didn't make basically any announcements. And I think the reason is because we were already supposed to be knee deep in X of Swords and all that, or Ten of Swords and all that good stuff. Like, there's so much that was supposed to have happened that hasn't yet that I just don't think they could really say anything. And it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, you got to imagine, like, they'd be knee deep in the Phase 2 stuff by now. Yeah, I'm not sure that Ten of Swords would be over, but at the very least, it would be progressing we'd probably be about halfway through if not further along so because the beginning the beginning of it was supposed to be free comic book day yeah yep which yeah right which would have been in may uh right i would say certainly the most frustrating uh comic printing aspect of the pandemic uh, in terms of publishing has just been the derailment of all the dawn of x stuff for sure yeah dude yeah because like those books had so much momentum you know, mm-hmm. and it's like it feels like the whole thing, like it just had the rug pulled out from under it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. Um, in, in the first portion of the panel they had on Al Ewing and Dan Slott and they were talking about Empire, which we're going to be reviewing next. And um, <laughs> Al Ewing actually spoiled something from a later issue. Oh, no. <laughs> Al, no! <laughs> it was so minor. It was so minor. That's very Al. That's very Al. Um, did he like do it on purpose, or did he do? Did he do it and then was like, "Oh fuck"? He did it, and then Dan Slott was like, "Oh, I don't think that they've seen that yet." And then <laughs> that, uh, that sounds like Al. Tom Brevoort was like, "No, they haven't," and tried <laughs> to like move it along. Jesus. Um, do you guys want to hear? I mean, it's so. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Uh, just that that Iron Man's getting a new costume. Okay, cool. Oh, that's what? Been, yeah, He's that's never worn a new costume. <laughs> that's been news for a while. He's, He's like, worn that <laughs> silver bucket from Iron Man number one or whatever his debut issue was for 50 years. And based on Empire 2, you could totally see why he might need one. Like, it yeah, wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's nothing. <laughs> but but anybody who's mad about that spoiler, it's like whatever. Right. They spoiled for us like a way more interesting plot point in the preview material about stuff that stuff with Carol, you know? Like But other than that, they didn't say anything. They just kind of said how great the book is and keep reading. Uh and then when we got to the X portion of it, it was very similar. Um it was Teeny Howard and it was Jerry Duggan and they just kind of said, "Hey, the X-Men are great. We're doing cool stuff. <laughs> it's still going. Yep. Uh, Can you believe it? <clears throat> we got the cover to uh, X of Swords Stasis, number one. Uh, and it features 
the sword breakers, I believe they're called. Yeah, the sword bearers, rather, of Arako. And one of them we don't know the name of. But if you look at the actual image, uh, it, it, it seems fairly clear who that is, right? Like, if you guys can What is it Apocalypse, up. right? <laughs> uh, Am I crazy? No, yeah, I don't see Apocalypse in this lineup. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something different. I don't, I don't know. Who do you, who are you thinking it is? It's Storm. What makes you say, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, fuck. Oh, shit. You're right. From the, the Gene Emma thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. where they're going. They'll finally find out what happens when toads when they get struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Shut that shit down, uh, man. No more. The uh, <clears throat> the dude in the back, the like crocodile man, Pog or Pog, he just looks. Oh, cool. I was I was definitely thinking of something different. My bad. It's all good. Yeah, I I'm into it. You know, I I kind of don't. I generally don't like teams of. Um, generic bad guys like you know who are these people yeah. type things. Um, but sure, why not? They have cool designs. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the pog. Uh, he yeah. certainly is a pog too. Oh God! <laughs> I uh I can't help the the white sword is just making me think of that bit we were talking about before the show. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> the white sword. <laughs> that that that's not for public consumption. No, it's just. <laughs> anyway, that, was, uh, that Death joke's is just cool. for us. <laughs> nope. Anyway, yeah, uh, Death's cool. I like that. It looks really Egyptian. Uh, Red Root, the forest is a neat concept. Uh, we'll see what that is all about. Uh, my brain kept autocorrecting it to Red Groot, the forest. So there's that. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah it's cool I like that it's got some of the horsemen involved mm-hmm. yeah I'm into it but I again again like I'm <clears throat> so ready for the story to advance and for San Diego Comic Con to like for that panel to have come and gone and to have basically gotten no announcements it's kind of frustrating it feels like we're in a holding pattern and we knew that this yeah. would be the way it was. And in two months, once once Ten of Swords is going, it won't matter. But at this point, it's like, man, I just want to get on with this already. I I think it particularly stings because the Xbooks, like, you know, we've we've gotten like one or two since like the whole pandemic started, and it's like we're just getting X Men Ten now, mm-hmm. which you know we should have read like four months ago. Like, it just feels so like disjointed and like messed up now and like i need to like reorient myself and like what have i read what do i need to catch up on like where do we leave off and yeah like um the holding pattern is is the right way to put it and it's like i get it you know their hands are kind of tied but it's 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 a bummer when i'm like so hungry for more you know and like i was so in it and now I feel like I need to get back into it. And not that I don't want to, but it's a bummer. You know, like it's a bummer for a series and like a, a family of titles that I think by and large were really 
doing well yeah. and and telling compelling stories to like have a kind of a forced error on them that they really have no control over. It's just it's just a bummer. You know what I think might reinvigorate us for uh, Ten of Swords and everything that's to come. What's that? I think a, a break? what a bathroom break. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's going to reinvigorate me to do the rest of this podcast. But uh, what I was going to suggest was a reread of House and Powers. <sighs> yeah. I've been thinking about getting that collection. Yo, I have it. We should do that as like a main topic. Let's go. That's what I'm putting down. You smell what the rock I'm is cooking? I'm here for it. Dude, I smell it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to grab a plate. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's not what we're doing today. Today, no. we're reviewing Empire number two. All right. And that's what we're going to do now. But first, bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, so now that we are all drained, <laughs> we, <laughs> we can talk about this book, Empire Number Two, Al Ewing and Dan Slott, Valerio Schiti. I think that's how they called him uh, during the panel. Yeah, and uh, Marta Gracia as well on colors. Uh. So right off the bat, this was an exposition-heavy book, now wasn't it? Oh my God! Yeah. Aha! Uh-huh. You want to know my motives, do you? Uh, well, since I have you hanging from a tree here, I'll gladly tell you all of my villainous plots. <laughs> the laser's coming for you, Mister Bond. Yeah. He's got his his name is Qua. You have to read all that with a French accent. Oh, Kel, please go on. Oh, I don't have it. <laughs> Come on, you, you'll I'm, get you'll get there. You'll get there. Hang on, hang on. If this is really worth it to you, you'll shut the fuck up and wait. <laughs> well then, okay. okay, great. Ha 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 ha! It's not too late, Avengers. You and you alone, for your service to us, may be offered a rare privilege: your lives. Ha 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 ha! Sorry, I don't think that was in the text. <laughs> We are going to overrun the tree and the scroll with some frogs. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. And then, snails. (laughs) Escargot. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, I I really was frustrated with all the talking on the part of Qua. Yeah. And later on, uh, Captain yep. Marvel, and this I sort of had this this revelation as all the cool stuff was going on with Captain Marvel, and I remembered what we were talking about last week with Thor and Reed and all the the uh, the issues you were talking about. I think Al Ewing must not he must not be comfortable with either uh, the artist. Uh, Valero, how do you say he said his name? Something like that. Skeety. Uh, he he must not be comfortable with him, and he's not quite sure what he's going to do. Maybe he doesn't quite. I don't want to say he doesn't trust him, but he doesn't, you know, quite know his style and what Valero is going to add to the page. So he 
puts every he puts it all on Al puts it all on the page in in words as opposed to um letting the art speak for itself because I don't feel like Immortal Hulk or any of the other stuff I've read from Al feels like this. No, I agree with that. Uh there's nothing like this in the Immortal Hulk. You know, Immortal Hulk is so well paced and like the dialogue fits the tempo of the book, yep. you know? That's what, and that's what surprises me about the, the dialogue and the way that it's it's structured. And, you know, I, I see what you're saying, Kale, but even just some of the like more ham fisted dialogue, like that's just on him. That's just what he's choosing to write. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, it, you know, I actually felt like this one was a little bit better in terms of like the cheese factor associated with the dialogue. It wasn't as bad. But um, still, like when this issue ended, I was like, wait, what? It's over? Nothing. What What happened? I, I, I'm not going to say nothing happened, right? Like, the, you know, the Avengers were able to escape from you know, Qua or whatever and make him run from Thor. And that was a cool moment, seeing the uh, the, the, the core three Avengers um, together that way. I always pop for that. Um, but, you know, what else happened? Captain Marvel became an accuser. That's it. Yeah, Pretty cool. which right. we already knew. Yeah. So the coolest moment of the book was something we were already expecting. Yeah, I gotta say, man, like I, I, I was lukewarm on the the first issue. I was like, it's whatever. Like it didn't give me a strong reaction. I was bored mm. reading this. Like it feels like a generic event with bad dialogue, where it's like, oh boy, the Kree and the Skrull, we all we all got to team up and fight this new big bad. And it sounds like cookie cutter, like. And I, I don't want to say this because, like, I don't like to, like, make – I don't like to, like, dig, like, yeah. levy digs yeah, it's not at creators. That. But, like, no. But, but like, you made this comment last week where, like, it feels like dialogue I would have written when I, if I was trying to write a spec script for an Avengers story when I was, like, a teenager. You know, like, I remember, like, when Thor said the, like, yay and verily. It's like, come on, dude. Like, that's such, like, basic dialogue. You know, like – or, like, when it's like, oh, like, Earth's under attack, and Captain America's like, it doesn't matter that we made a mistake. We got to go to the front lines because innocent lives are in danger, and that's always the first priority. And it's like, Duh. yeah, like, yes, I <laughs> it know. Sounds, it sounds like Marvel character video game dialogue. Yeah, like Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm Captain America, and I stand for freedom. Like, okay, I, I don't yeah. know if you know this. I'm a soldier, so the front lines. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, maybe if if this was an Ultimate Alliance, and maybe it was someone's first time seeing Cap, I could buy that. And to 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 Al yeah. and Dan's credit, maybe it's possible that that's why he's doing it. Maybe he's he's doing it because every comic is someone's first, and it's an event. And he wants to, you know, make sure people have a chance if they've never read these guys before. But no matter what his logic is, it's just not working. It's not working. My thing is, like, I feel like that goes out the window in the cultural context that we're in. Because who in the fucking world is reading Empire and hasn't seen an MCU Probably movie? nobody. <laughs> Probably nobody. You know, like, that's like, I, I don't. 
I feel like that argument goes out the window when you have these characters who are like so fucking recognizable. Like, sure, maybe you could say that about, I don't know, Ghost Rider, right? Like, that's not an A tier, but like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, even Captain Marvel and Black Panther. It's like these are household names now. Like, I don't need you to like write Ghost this. Rider, Ghost Riders had more movies than. Captain Marvel and uh, true, but, Black Panther. But we like to forget those. <laughs> no, I like to remember those. Okay, well, you're a masochist, so. <laughs> he ate yeah, I got, jelly I beans just... out of the martini glass. That, that's all I need to say. I just, uh, I was bored by this. Like, it was very much just like, why am I even reading this? This is nothing. And, like, I know where it's going to go. Like, I can already, like, I bet you I could write an outline of the rest of this story and be pretty fucking close in terms of what the beats are and, like, where it's going to end up. And Why, why don't you? All right, I'll write a book report. That would, week. that. No, I'm serious. I, I'm serious. You should write a spec script where you think this is going, and let's compare every week. Uh, you guys keep going. My cat's having an asthma attack. Just give me a second here. So his cat's okay. having an asthma attack? Cats get asthma. Yeah, the cat. Uh, that cat's like you and me. Sean. Oh my god! Wow, bummer. Uh, okay, so I felt very similarly to Pete. Um, it just felt like they were cramming so much information into this issue, and this feels like. Remember how I was saying what a zero issue ought to be? This felt like that. Like. A zero issue should give me all of this type of ancillary information. Like if the zero issue started with them captured and him explaining the story and then breaking out and they have the one big moment with uh, with Captain Marvel becoming an accuser and then that's how we zoom into you know Empire proper with number one, that's fine. But to put all of this data in the second issue when we really ought to be getting into the thick of things, we're just like, come on. you got to be kidding me. Well, but look at the checklist, too. Like, this is a fucking House and Powers event. Like, there's so much attached to this checklist. It's got to be upwards of 40 books. But only, only six actual issues of Empire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is, like, there's nothing in these issues that makes me at all want to go read the supplemental stuff. This isn't even interesting. Let me tell you, the supplemental stuff ain't great. I'm not surprised. I read the Avengers one, and it was a mess. Like, do you know what, you know what I literally said? I, I was reading this this morning before the show. I was, like, having breakfast with Sarah, and I was like, thank God we're not reading the tie-ins to this. If I had to read three issues about this this week, I would have been, like, fucking kill me yeah no um if the book yeah and i hate saying that like i don't want to be this overtly negative but like nah man this if ain't the it. book was was better maybe i would have wanted to do that but i i didn't personally try any of the tie-ins and i, I won't be the only one that i'll probably read and that i will read is x-men 10 because i'm reading x-men x-men 10 and 11 but other than that, and that's one of the that's one of the weird things about events. Not to sidetrack too far, but like let's say, so let's say you're reading uh, Spider Man, right? And let's say you want to read Empire, and you want to read Empire Spider Man number one, 
the tie-in. So now you got to buy three books. You got to buy Empire, Empire Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. Or if you're reading X-Men, which apparently has a tie-in within its own series, and then a separate book called Empire X-Men, now the regular X-Men book is taken over by Empire. And there's a tie-in series called X-Men Empire number one through four. How many books are you going to read? I uh, I said this to Pete the other day, but something that really frustrated me about late 2000s Marvel events is how often they would hijack other ongoing comic book series. So you're in the I was middle- thinking exactly of Secret Invasion as... as- Sean was talking, yeah. Right, that's a good example. I, I remember Guardians of the Galaxy by um, Abnett and um, Lanning was out at the time, and there was like a three-issue diversion into Secret Invasion, and it's so frustrating because if you're just reading you know, your, your monthlies or whatever, and then it dips into something you're not reading and don't give a crap about, like a, a major event or whatever, like say that whatever event doesn't grab you, your, your book's been hijacked, so you have to dip into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like a huge part of why I stopped reading Marvel comics um, in the era that you're talking about, Phil. You know, it's like I, I started moving over to like more self-contained stuff because it's like, I don't care about this. Like, I don't want a three to four to five issue, can, you know, diversion or whatever to focus on this thing that has nothing to do with go- what's going on in the book that I'm actually here for. It worked in like Civil War. And so Marvel was thinking like, oh, yeah, this works in everything. Let's do this for everything. And it's like, no. Well, uh, for an event like this where, you know, allegedly it's affecting the entire Earth, it would be weird if the books didn't reflect that. But I think for me, I don't want to pick up Empire X-Men. You know, if if something with Empire is going to happen and it's so important that it has to be reflected within the X-Men, I think it should be reflected in the X-Men title itself. And I don't want to have because now now I have to buy a whole new book. Now I got to spend four more dollars on this damn thing. That's how they get you, baby. You're not kidding. It it, it kind of it puts a damper on what's happening with with Hickman's X Men though because it's like I'm reading Hickman's X Men, which is by and large like the the largest most interesting thing happening in comics. And if that were to you know intersect with this, like when you look back. Five years later, and you're like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go back and reread this, and then there's like this sidetrack into this thing that, you know, likely is gonna be just kind of a, a forgotten exclamation point. It 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 dampens the overall impact of you know like the 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 powers and Dawn of X series. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But I'm confident that Jonathan Hickman can ride that wave. Uh, actually, I actually feel like there's a lot of room for. Uh, effective crossover because of the fact that you know this is like a plant-based group you know the Kotati and I could see how that could make sense within the X-Men books the the, the issue alludes to the X-Men exactly. too with their yeah they have plant gates it's not crazy to think that someone else right. could have them Oh, that that wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, no, but it's just like thanks for the exposition. Yep. Do you, you, so you guys haven't read the Empire X Men? No. No. Do you want me to tell you what happens? Sure. Yeah. Well, spoilers what happens? Yeah. for those Go of you who care. 
So, well, yes. mm, this is the beginning of the book. The Scarlet Witch feels bad about uh, the thing she feels bad about, House of M. And so in, <laughs> in order to get, uh, what's the word? Not retribution, forgiveness, whatever. Redemption. Uh, redemption, that's the one. Exactly that word. She uh, tries to bring uh, Genosha back to life. And create and creates Ugh. mutant zombies. Mm-mm. Nope. And then the and then abandons Genosha. Uh, and then the Kotadi attack. So the whole tagline of the book is literally plants versus zombies. That's okay. Listen, all right, you lost me, but I'm back. That's in. not a joke. Who's writing that? That's Hickman, baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, dog. That sounds. Not good, but I didn't read it, so I can't judge. Uh, let's talk I, about the book that we did read. It's not great. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's I, not great. I, I believe that. Uh, yeah, just it was. it's hard for me to look past all of the Kwa dialogue, because once you get past that, then you're now in the Captain Marvel land of dialogue. Characters who are just like, I don't even know who these people are. Like, who are these people that she's talking to? Um, like, he looks, this one guy, I thought he was Nova. I don't think he's oh. Nova. No, it's Captain Oh, Captain Glory. that's Captain yeah. Glory. Ca- okay. He's Captain Glory, issue. great. I don't remember him. Uh, yep. Probably for a reason. Y- yeah, exactly. Yep. I would rather he was Nova. Nova's cool. Um. Nova is very yeah, cool. Yeah, and Nova should have a some type of role in, in, in you know in an event like this. It would make sense. But I did want to talk about the hammer. The 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 reveal of Captain Marvel becoming an accuser. I was looking forward to seeing how they would handle this moment. <laughs> and I I don't know. I kind of feel like it was a little lame. Yep. Like, oh, uh this the woman who had it, she said uh, but I cannot make it sing as he did. Perhaps another can. Uh, oh, oh, okay, so Captain Marvel can just make it sing? Apparently. You just gotta tickle it the right way. Uh, I, I just... I, I just don't... I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't know. It's because it's not good. There's nothing to it. Like, it's not... The dialogue's not very good. The art's fine, but... Yeah, but... Oh, art's good. But, art's like, really it's good. also covered up by a million fucking text boxes and balloons, and it's like... And I don't give a fuck about what's happening. Like, it's not It's not interesting to me at all, dude. Like, it It feels like so many other stories. Like, I've, I've read this before. I don't need to do it again. It does kind of feel like a... Um... It, the 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 premise and setup all feels kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon show with superheroes. Um, that would be like a three episode arc or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really get why they are justifying giving her the hammer. They're not. Is it because she it, can make it sing? Right. I don't, Make I a don't, second, Kale. Come she's, on. Well, but, but like, she's a Cree, Kale, and she's never hey, shut up a people. second. 
I'm 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 really I'm trying to figure this. I'm being serious. Like okay. so Hulkling stabs her on purpose? Yes. Yeah. And she gets the energy of the sword which is supposed to dispel Kotadi energy. So that's her power now because she can absorb power. What does that have to do with the hammer? Nothing. Nothing. They're oh, two separate they, they events. <laughs> yeah. The 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 way I interpreted that was she takes the stab she, and redirects all the energy to kill all of the plants and save the ship's worth of people. And then separate of that event, the woman who has the hammer is like, I have this hammer and it's from Ronin, our great, one of our greatest heroes, blah, 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 but I can't do anything with it. Maybe you can. And then they give it to her and it works. You know how you get items in video games, like in like in Zelda, like, oh, I'm an old man now, but I used to really love swinging this sword, but I can't anymore because I took an arrow to the knee, so maybe you can do something <laughs> yeah. with it. Here's this sword. You know, it, 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 that's the vibe I got from her getting that hammer. It was very much like... Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carol yeah. acquired the fucking sick hammer. Okay, great. She doesn't even need that. She's a beast. Like, she's extremely powerful. And I, before this book came out, was very ready to give the to give that moment a chance. Because I remember Phil was like, you know, oh, she doesn't need that. Like, give that to a new character. And I said, well, maybe there's a storyline reason why she should have this, and it could be cool. And as it turns out, there was no reason, and it's not cool. <laughs> You know what it literally is the equivalent of? It's it's very much like uh, the cat getting Mjolnir moment, only it's not cool or fun or or interesting at all. Yes. But that was just a moment, yeah. too. Like, Cap doesn't have his inventory upgraded. It's just it was something that... Was, it was a payoff to, like, a eight-year yeah. kind of build-up. There was a build-up and a payoff. And it's, like, a minute. Like, the fact that this happens... In issue two, isn't the payoff? It's just a new story beat for. It's like, oh, she's no an accuser now. Okay. See. Why? Also, like the other thing I was thinking about is like the career assholes, like well-known assholes, like they do all kinds of weird genetically modified experiments on people. Like the Inhumans exist because the Cree genetically modify organisms, like assholes. That's an asshole thing to do. So, like, the whole time Carol's getting this hammer, all I'm thinking is, like, why are you still hanging out with these people? They fucking suck. Like, why would she want to be an accuser? The Kree are, like, famously basically space Nazis. <laughs> That's the thing. That's, like, their whole inspiration back in the 60s. And, like... Throughout the last 40 years, that's been an element that's been played on. Like, that's, like, a motif of that entire, like, concept. And so, like, Carol getting the hammer because she's working with Kree makes me think, like, also oh, that's a kind of villain thing to do. The connection to, like, Marvel, where it's, like, he, like, is a traitor to his people and everything. And, like, that's the character that she has a connection with. It's, like, why would she want that? I don't It doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. Really Hulkling is Marvel's son. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, not exactly. It's more complicated than that, right? Isn't he like his bastard son that he never knew? Not if you, not if you read Emperor Hulkling. 
almost said Emperor Hungling. Okay. I mean, that's oh, how he is. A good I know old. where your mind is. <laughs> um, but <laughs> in Emperor Hulkling, we also find out that, uh, I don't know, the Kree lady that gives her the hammer is shitty and is also trying to kill Hulkling. So we, kn- we know she's bad. Right. And they've definitely s- sowed some seeds for the, sc- the, the Scree, the Kree and the Skrulls <laughs> to... You know, that they have their own agendas still that might not actually be uh, altruistic or even positive for anyone but themselves. And that's fine. And I'm sure that that will play out. And, you know, we'll see that a little later on. I got no issue with that. But I feel like this event has started off on the wrong foot. And so this event was actually originally, if I remember correctly, not supposed to be a line-wide event. It was supposed to take place within the Avengers and the Fantastic Four books only, and then they expanded it. And it feels like that. If this were just an Avengers-Fantastic Four crossover that took place within their own titles and didn't didn't have 57 um, tie-ins and, you know, was whatever, eh, all right, fine. It is what it is. Um, but it's so much more than that, and that's kind of frustrating because... There's a lot lacking here. You call something an event, I have expectations, and they're not being met right now. Not even close. Um, let's talk a little bit about the art, though, before we close out. Uh, I thought the art was solid. Yeah. There were some pretty cool moments. Um, like I called out earlier, I really love seeing Cap, Thor, and Hulk. Or Hulk. Uh, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man together. That panel where they're, they're kind of like um, walking together cool posing yeah after uh i thought that Thor was does the 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 magic trick <laughs> yeah i thought that was that was nice yeah. um and colors are you great. know just about to say that yeah mark gracia's colors are phenomenal he does a great job as always the 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 captain marvel page that i was uh alluding to earlier where um al ewing just puts all the thought all his thoughts onto the page would be really cool. Um, is that the art's cool on it? Yeah, it didn't need all that. We know what she's doing. Didn't need all that dialogue, but the art is beautiful on that page. When, yeah, when Hulkling stabs Captain Marvel, colors all the pinks and reds and stuff, mm-hmm. just beautiful to look at. Marta Gross is like arguably like one of the best people working in colors right now like the any book that i've seen him on it's like he makes it so much better you know like that was like one of my favorite things about uh house and powers like the colors just sing man i yeah i I, the art in this one was a lot uh stronger than issue one i thought yeah because it featured the fantastic four less yeah (sighs) bummer um, Captain Marvel's sash was hanging real low on her body, wasn't it? On that last page, it's got uh, pouches. So, oh, good. <laughs> but it's like under her like waist, like it's it's not just it's on her legs at that point. Like, what are you doing with that? That's coming off. <laughs> that is coming off. You just—they just caught her mid pulling it up. That's all. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I I genuinely don't have anything else to say about this book. I think that 
um, it's already not looking promising, and that sucks because Marvel Cosmic has so many cool things in it. And for this to be the biggest, best thing that they can offer in that realm right now just doesn't make sense. Yeah, like we're a third of the way through this. That's not that's not good. <laughs> no. I couldn't be less interested in the third issue. I'm right there with you. Uh and that's what we'll that's where we'll close out. We're gonna leave our review there. Uh if you guys are enjoying Empire more than we are, please do let us know. We will be back next week with some more coverage from San Diego Comic-Con. Whatever we miss that happens today for us, which is Saturday or tomorrow, Sunday, uh, we will talk about next week on the show. We may or may not review Empire number 3. Right now, obviously, we're not in love, and we don't love to uh, trash these books, so we'll see. Hey, if we stuck through Heroes in Crisis, I feel like we can stick to this. Yeah, but it's it's just... Do we want to do that again? It's just like... Remember Leviathan? It's such a bummer, too, because it's like, especially when there's like a creative team of people we like, it just feels bad to shit on the book. Like, Al's been really nice to us. I don't want to like just fucking shit on his book, but I don't like it. I really don't like it. (laughs) No, I love Al. Yeah. We'll probably have him on again. Go read Immortal Hulk. He doesn't like, this. Yeah, read Immortal Hulk. Fuck this. Not, not, we won't have him on again if we keep trashing Empire. <laughs> yeah. Read Guardians. Yeah, I would have yeah. rather I'll, kept reading know, that. Like, that was fun. <laughs> to that, actually, I, I feel like I should say, I used to say on this podcast that I really disliked Al Ewing's writing. And this mm-hmm. is why. I remember that. Yeah. Because New Avengers was like this. Like, I'm getting strong vibes. I don't know what it is, but, like, Immortal Hulk's a banger. But this is is not my cup of tea. Anyway, uh, if you guys want to let us know your thoughts about the announcements from San Diego, what we talked about in the review, or, frankly, anything else from this episode, you can reach out to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can get us on social media at thecomicspals. If you're on YouTube, you can drop us a comment. While you're doing that, you can leave us a like. Share this video with your friends and subscribe to our channel, which always helps. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Uh, On social media, of course, we are the Comics Pals. Not sure if I said that. Saying it again anyway. uh, If you want to help us out a lot, you can leave us a review wherever you're at. If you're listening to this on a podcast hosting platform, drop a review. Uh, Join our Discord server. Come be a part of all the conversations that we're having over there. Uh, Leave us a request for a book club, which we will honor just as we did with the Earth X book club that is dropping tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday and uh, we've got a lot more cool things coming. So stay tuned as always. Let's jump into the plugs. Pete. Thank you guys for joining me here. Us here. Another episode of the comics pals. If you want to, all about you. It's. I mean, it's always about me. Uh, if you want to connect with me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at loud underscore Pete. Come talk to me about uh, what you're reading, what you're playing, what you're watching these days. Um, always down for some recommendations. And uh, if you want to get some more content from me, you can head over to uh, Lupots, where I do a Nintendo podcast every week. And then uh, this, as of release day, is the last week for uh, my band, Long Friend Time Friends Kickstarter. Uh, We are going into the studio this Friday, so I won't be on next week's show. Um, If you 
are interested in checking it out. We've got some new demos. We'll have a new song up uh, on Monday when this goes live. So uh, nice. check it out. If you like it, I'd love to have uh, some of your support over there. Um, yeah. Have a good week. Stay safe. <laughs> Kill. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. I got a big honking Gundam. It does. Uh, <laughs> it's cool as fucking hell. It's the the Astray Red Frame Gundam. I don't know what the fuck that means. But I'm going to build it uh, at some point, And uh, I'll put that on the Comics Pals Instagram uh, whenever it happens. You can find my work at Kelward.com. That's C-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. You should make a time lapse right. video of you putting it together. That's what I was thinking. That would be yeah. so fun. <laughs> Phil? Um, if you don't want us to take over your planet, uh, you're going to want to join our Discord because remember, we are now members of the Kree and Scroll Empire. Or I should say the Scroll and Kree Comics Pals Empire. Uh, so you want to get involved on that real fast. Otherwise, uh, we will take you to our leader. That is Sean. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Cyborg Bebop, and uh, you know, talk to me about. Uh, tell me why I should be playing Ghost of Shishima. Oh, I'll tell you. Ghost of Shishimi. <laughs> oh man, brother! Brother, man, too much Shishimi. <laughs> Hold on, that's that's my phone. That's Brooke calling, brother. <laughs> Gotta fight these like goddamn Mongols, game. brother. <laughs> 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 as for me i'm on twitter and instagram only at sean soapbox hit me up to talk about gene gray and with that we're the comics pal signing off take care it guys. was madeline the whole time see you next week <laughs> rootin tootin varmin this is the this is the american dream <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Thank you.